0: The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witnesses. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, There is no one who has left house Or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands, for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And they were on the road, going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him.
1: Well, we're continuing on in our series full of grace and truth, and so I want to invite you guys to pray with me. Um, Father, we thank you for um, just this time to be able to be gathered around your word, and Lord, uh, sometimes it really hurts to just not be around other people, Lord. Sometimes it's uh, a little disheartening. So Lord, we pray that, that your word will give us comfort as we're um, together virtually, Lord, online. Lord, I pray that you'd be with every family, Lord, that Um, As we talk about this idea of being full of grace and truth, Lord, that you will continue by your Spirit to just pour out on us um, each and every day. Just remind us of your love and that truth and that grace that that died for us on Calvary and rose again Sunday morning, Lord. Um, We thank you and just pray that you be with us during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we've been going uh, through this series full of grace and truth. And one of the first questions I want to ask is, how many times do we miss something that we're not looking for? How many times do we miss something that we're not looking for? So uh, a lot of times uh, I kind of think about this question um, whenever I'm driving. So I've been in Leander for about five months now, I think. Um, Time has kind of flown by since uh, COVID has hit. But I've started becoming a little bit more familiar with the area and kind of getting just around to different places, kind of in our local area. And it's so great because I always use my GPS for everything. And um, at... Points when I'm coming from some place, or when Christy and I are coming from some place, like I don't need to use my GPS, which is really great, and that's like a huge like goal to have, to be so familiar that you don't need to figure out where you need to go because you already know where it is. Um, but most of the time when Christy and I go out, usually I'm the one that's driving, and uh, it's not because Christy doesn't like to drive; she's a great driver, she loves to do it. Um, but usually it's because of my kind of self-control of wanting to be the one that's in the driver's seat, being in control of the car, and maybe that's an issue that I need counseling for, but um, anyways, but there are some times when Chrissy uh, drives, and that is um, a great thing, because I could sit in the passenger seat, and usually, if you guys are ever driving, and then you sit in the passenger seat, it's easy for you to kind of get a completely different perspective on what's around you, right, and so we miss things that, that we weren't looking for before. And oftentimes, when I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm driving, there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was, that was there. And Christy's like, oh, that's been there for forever. And so it's easy for us to miss something that that we're not looking for. And that's kind of like the same way with our faith as well, that sometimes we can become so focused on um, what's happening in our own lives or, or focused on things that are not of Jesus, that, that we miss what Jesus has been offering to us, this this grace and this truth. But we become we become so focused because because we're in the driver's seat of our own lives, right? We think that we're in control and we know everything. And um, it's, it's important for us to be able to take this kind of like faith awareness test to be able to see where Jesus is showing us grace and truth when we're not looking for it. It's kind of like this video that I want to show you um, that was taken a, a couple years ago. Go ahead and check this out. This is an awareness test. How many times does the team in white pass the ball? If you answered thirteen passes, you are correct. But did you see the moonwalking gorilla? I want to know how many of you guys uh, didn't notice the dancing gorilla um, in the video the first time um, because it's so easy for us to miss uh, something that we're not looking for. And um, that's so true. As Just like I said before, it's so easy for us to be so focused on one thing that we miss what God has been trying to show us um, in our own faith, in our own life, um, in and of itself. Oh, sorry, my clicker's not working. Let's see. That's okay. Um, it's easy for us to be able to miss something that we're not looking for which is why it's so important for us to be able to have this series full of grace and truth. Because so many times in our lives, we're, we're searching for things and we're, we're pursuing things that are not Jesus. And we're, we're looking for things that uh, try to make us feel better about ourselves or to help us in our careers or in our other vocations. And um, Jesus is challenging us. When he came to, to earth for his ministry, he's challenging us to be able to see things differently, to see the way that he sees things. The way that he wants us to see other people as well, right? Because so often we get into our own mind, we get into our own head, and we create these idols in our lives, and we start to build up all of these things. And with all those things built up, it's hard for us to be able to see Jesus and to see full of grace and truth, Jesus being full of it. And so what we end up doing is we actually exchange truth with opinion and grace with tolerance in order for us to avoid change. Jesus wants to do a work inside of us, from the inside out. He wants us to be able to repent, which is a change in mindset for us to look differently, to see things differently. And what we often do is we try to ignore Him and we try to make it an opinion, or we try to make grace as tolerance in order for us to avoid this change. And then we enter the story of Mark 10. We enter the story of the story of this rich young ruler, right? And maybe you guys have heard this story before. Maybe you guys have read it. Maybe you guys have heard other sermons and things about the story of the rich young ruler. But oftentimes, whenever we look into Scripture and we look at a story, it's it's so important for us to be able to look into the context. right? Well, the context of this story is we don't really know much about this rich young ruler. He's just kind of like a one-time character inside the grander story. But we, what we do know about him is that he's this young kid. right? Um, we know that, uh, well, he was rich and... We also know that he was Jewish as well. And what's so important for us to understand is that back in uh, early times, if you were Jewish and you were kind of faithful to your, um, to your faith, and you were following God and you were following the commandments, and you ended up having to have like a lot of money and a lot of property, you were known to be hashtag blessed, right? That was just the assumption, is that if you had a lot of money and you, you were a Jew, that means that God has given his divine favor to you and has blessed you. That was the assumption, all right, and if you think back to our ser- our sermon series uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we started talking about the family line of Jesus, and we started talking about like all these dysfunctional families. But if you start all the way back at Abraham, what happens is uh, there is um, there's Abraham, and God blesses him and his family. It's like, I'm gonna make uh, you be father of all these nations, and he has all this property and all these riches and and all of this. And then, you scroll down into the story of Jacob, where he kind of works his way up into um, just kind of getting more, uh, more wealth and more riches. And then you keep going down the family line, you get into Ruth and Boaz. And Boaz already has a lot of property, already has a lot of, of money, and then he inherits it whenever he marries Ruth. And then a couple generations after that, you get into David, who is king of Israel. And so he has divine favor with God. And then you get a generation down, and you go into Solomon, right? And Solomon, we know, is like one of the richest people that ever lived, right? And so it's easy for uh, people in the Jewish faith faith, to assume that if you had a lot of riches, that means that you were directly blessed by God, which we know is not true. But it's just the assumption of the culture during that time. And this rich, young ruler, he goes up to Jesus, and he's like, good teacher. He goes, what must— This is an awareness test. oops. You want to click down to the pro presenter? There we go. There we go. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And one of the things that a pastor has told me once before is the problem with this question today is that people aren't asking this question anymore. People just assume that in order to uh, have eternal life or to get into heaven is to just do really good things. Or maybe people aren't asking this question because, well, because they're not worried about eternal life. Maybe people are just worried about just a temporary life, maybe people invest their entire life trying to build up their career or build up their possessions or uh, build up some great things so that when retirement comes around, you can kind of just sit back and hang out and say, man, I got the life. This is great. This is awesome. And so maybe the question that people are asking is, what must I do to have a good temporary life, not to have eternal life? But it's easy to miss something that you're not looking for as well, right? And what Jesus does is he answers this question and he's like, Hey man, did you follow these commandments? Did you do all these things? Because like I was there like when they were written, and like I followed all these different things, and like, you know, maybe you should follow those. And this rich young ruler's like, man, I got that. I've been doing that since I was a youngin'. I've been doing that since I was little. I got that down packed. Okay, what else do I need to do? And when Jesus hears this reply, he he looks at this rich young ruler, and in scripture it says he loved him. And he says, You lack one thing. Go sell all the possessions that you have. Give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And then come follow me. And that's the last thing that the rich young ruler wanted to hear. It's the last thing that he wanted to hear because that was the hardest thing for him to be able to do because it says he loved his great possessions. Because what he wanted to hear was words of affirmation, but instead he heard words of transformation. You see, he didn't actually want to be changed. He just wanted to know what he had to do, anything else that he needed to check off his list in order to get this eternal life, in order to achieve it, because it was the one thing that he didn't have was eternal life. He had all these possessions, all these great things. He probably had friends. He probably had a lot of family. And so he had all this stuff, but what he didn't have was this eternal life, which he was seeking after. But money can't buy you eternal life. And in the same way for us, oftentimes we don't want to actually hear the truth. Instead, we want others to approve of our own opinions so that we can call it, quote-unquote, truth. We want people to dismiss what's wrong with our lives or to tolerate our lifestyle because we want everything to stay the same. And what we do is that we trade in truth and grace for opinions and tolerance. But Jesus wants more than that. Jesus wants, wants followers of him. He wants, he wants real, committed followers of Jesus that will take up their cross and follow after him. And so what Jesus was offering was something that, that this rich, young ruler wasn't looking for. But it was so much better than that. And that's the same for us. Is that what happens is that we end up taking Jesus' truths and commands and turning them into optional opinions, even though he's trying to make our faith obstacles obsolete. Right? He's trying to tear down all of our idols. You see, Jesus wants to do a change inside out, He wants to be able to change our hearts, to be able to repent, to turn from our ways, to turn from our our idols that seem to be killing us and bringing us down so that we can have a right relationship with Jesus. But instead, whenever we hear words of Jesus that are really hard, we turn them into opinions and try to find someone else to try to affirm us, right? We seek affirmation instead of transformation in our lives. And honestly, that's what the rich young ruler did as well he walked away from it all because he didn't want to change. And I think this is so important for us in our own faith walk with Jesus, because in order to be changed, you have to be challenged. In order for us to be changed, you have to be challenged. You know, so oftentimes we try to to avoid things that are going to make us uh, uncomfortable, right, or put us into positions where we have to change our minds or change our way of thinking because it's so hard for us because the the root of it all is that we cling to things that are really comfortable to us. We cling to things that are really, that might make us feel better, but in the end are actually hurting, us, right? But how often do we miss something that we're not looking for? Where are times in your life that we are seeking affirmation when we should be seeking transformation? And this is the hard part of the message. This is something for us to be able to, to intuit, to be able to pray to God and to, and to come into a, just an honest conversation with God because there are things in our lives that we tend to hold on to for so long. And especially during this time right now, it's so easy for us virtually to, you know, whether you're watching at home or you're at someone's house, to just be in your pajamas and to, to watch and to, to listen to a message week in and week out. Um, but this is going to require some, some little action. We're going to do a little activity for us. And uh, this is just going to kind of help us kind of get into this mindset of, of confession absolution and, and coming before God and just leaving everything at the cross. And so um, we're going to do an activity. So I want you guys to all stand up, okay? I want everybody to stand up, okay? I'm going to move my chair out of the way. And this is a challenge, okay? So in order, be, in order to be changed, we have to be challenged, okay? All right, I want everybody... Whether you're in your house, whether you're watching on TV, whether you're on your phone or your laptop, I want you guys, you're going to have 30 seconds to go around your house. And I want you guys to pick up as many things as you can so that your hands are completely full, okay? I want you guys to completely fill up your hands. Just whatever you can find, just start picking up. You're going to have 30 seconds to do it, okay? Ready, set, go. And I want you guys to hold on to it as well, okay? Alright, we got about twenty seconds left. I know you guys might sound <laughs> I everybody here I wish I could pan the camera because everybody here is doing it right now. Alright, got about ten seconds. Alright. Josh has a chair and a candle. Okay. Alright. Let me grab grab my clicker. Tanner's got all of his guitars and stuff. Okay, everybody there? I'm sure you guys can't comment because your hands are full. If you comment, then you're not doing it. All right, I want you guys to keep holding on to your stuff. Keep holding on to it. it might be might be really heavy, but this is so important. That in order to be changed, we have to be challenged. I want you guys to think about all the things in your life that you guys hold on to. Imagine the things that you guys are holding on to are the stuff that You turn to whenever things get uncomfortable or when life goes really wrong or when life is really bad. Maybe it's maybe it's the half truths and the cheap grace that you guys turn to um, that make you think that you're following Jesus, but really you're following the Jesus of your mind. Maybe it's the the deep dark things that you don't want anyone else to to see. Maybe it's the maybe it's the things that make you feel valuable. Maybe it's money, maybe it's possessions, maybe it's clothes. Maybe it's like working out so that you can feel healthy and fit so so you can make yourself kind of feel valuable. You know, part of the issue with the rich young ruler is that he had so many possessions and so many things that when Jesus was trying to offer him grace, his hands were full. He had too many things and he couldn't accept the gift of that grace to be able to follow Jesus. And this is where the gospel comes in because when we want to follow Jesus, the the act of surrender is such a hard thing for for us to be able to do, to be able to repent and to let go of the things that we hold on to. Because Jesus wants us to take up our cross and to follow him. And part of taking up your cross and following him is emptying your hands. When you guys empty your hands and you see that there is nothing else that you have, when you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. And when you look at yourself, you look at the, the image of what Jesus has done for us, that he has emptied himself completely so that we could be full. Jesus wants to do something in and through us to change us. But in order for us to be changed, we have to be challenged. And we face this spiritual conviction of, do do we, take up, do we leave everything behind, take up our cross? and follow Jesus? Or do we leave Jesus behind, take up our things, and follow the rest of the world? So now we're going to go into a time of confession and absolution. And confession is a time for us to be able to to specifically name the things in our lives that that we put before God, that we we often try to hold on to instead of surrendering to the God of the universe, Jesus himself who who takes these things and puts it at the foot of the cross where he laid down his life. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at ActsChurchLeander.com.